It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Locked On Wizards podcast. It's your host, The Real Ed Oliver. Today, we're going to review Corey Kispert's rookie season. And also, let's do a little mock draft Thursday. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. All right, so we're going to do a mock uh, trade. We're going to review a uh, mock trade that I saw online. This one is from Bleacher Report. Now, I know a lot of Bleacher Report mock trades are very far-fetched and not realistic, but I do feel like this one is something that is realistic. And, of course, it's for a point guard, but we're going to get to that a little bit later. I do want to review Corey Kispert's season. Um, I thought – he started off rocky. Um, he just looked like a rookie. Tommy Shepard said in the in the exit interview that there were sides in Corey Kispert up for G League Capital City Go Go jerseys, and also watching the summer league, it was a bit of a struggle for him. He was very inconsistent, and I know it was because Corey Kispert is a guy that um, scores off assisted. You know, a lot of his baskets are assisted. You know, coming off screens, pin downs. You know, coming off knocking down threes. Um, he he's the best cutter. He's the best off ball cutter on the roster. But a lot of his baskets are assisted. He's not a guy that's going to go out there and create a shot for himself. He's a knockdown shooter. He's a three point specialist. You know, he's a polished guy. Played all four years at Gonzaga. Went to the national championship game. Was the best three point shooter in the game of college basketball. His senior season shot forty percent from the three point line, and uh, that's what we were expecting him being the fifteenth pick. They drafted a guy where he has a specific role. He's very mature. Um, and athletic as well. I thought he finished above the rim frequently a couple of times, had some nice dunks and uh, finished through contact as well. So we're going to go through some numbers here with Corey Kispert um, that kind of tell the story, the tale of the tape of his rookie season. Now, a couple of the first games, I thought he struggled against closeouts. That's where I thought he got better. Um, there was one game where I remember he pump faked or he actually did an up and down where he left the ground because somebody flew out and closed out on him. But he just didn't know how to really react and how to handle closeouts. Uh, there were times where he got blocked, his three-pointer got blocked, or the three-pointer was just too short, or the three-pointer was just off. All right, so let's look at some of the numbers before the trade deadline. I thought he I thought he struggled before the trade deadline, but I thought he came in and he he made some other guys expendable, like, you know, a guy like Adavis Bertans because Corey Kisper was able to do more. I, you know, he has more playmaking ability. He can move without the basketball. I thought he could, he, he could finish around the rim better than – but Davies Bertans uh, did, you know, in the, in the, during while with his time with the Wizards. So uh, his first 22 games, Corey Kispert was nine for 44 from the three-point line. He shot 20% from the three-point line in his first 22 games. Now, Corey Kispert, he played in a lot of games. He played 77 games and he had 36 starts. That was something that, you know, 
was not expected. Of course, with Bradley Bill going going down, he started 36 games. And with guys being in protocols and guys being out, uh, he started 36 games. So that was good. He averaged eight points a game and two rebounds per game and one assist. Uh, he finished the year 35% from the three, shooting four threes per game. Uh, shot 62% from the two from from uh, for twos, which is very good. 87% from the free throw line. I do feel like he can be a 50, 40, 90 guy before it's all said and done. Uh, but after the trade deadline or his final 55 games, he connected, he finished 103 for 276, which is 37% on threes. In the 29 games after he became a full-time starter, he shot 67 for 168, which was 37% from the three. So when he got a larger role and he got more playing time, because remember before the trade deadline, it was just so many guys. So to be fair to Corey Kisper, he wasn't really able to get much of a rhythm because they had about, you know, a 12, 12 man rotation out there, basically 12, 13 man rotation. They were showcasing guys. So, you know, he just wasn't really able to get his rhythm and get his feet wet. And I'm not going to use that as an excuse, but I thought he, you know, got more arc in his shot, got more lift on his shot as, as the time went on. And he talks about the Duncan Robinson video where he wants to learn from that, where moving without the ball to get an open shot, where you just have to continuously move, continuously cut, continuously get out there so you can get an open shot for yourself. That's, that's what the best shooters do. That's what the best shooters do. So um, looking at some other numbers for him. He shot a well above the average, 62.9% on two-pointers. And he shot 79% finishing at the rim. Finishing at the rim, he was 79%. Uh, His floater efficiency was 51.5% as well. So he shot really well around the rim, which was something that I'm not going to say was surprising to me, but was definitely underrated. Um, There was, he, he did catch a body a couple of times. He did, he did dunk on one or two guys out there. He finished around the rim, especially on fast breaks as well. I thought he did a really, really good job of that. Um, finishing around the rim was definitely an underrated skill that I thought um, that I saw from Corey Kispert. Um, I do want to see him shoot, you know, at least 40% from the three end. Of course, I got to bring up that he did break the rookie record of uh, making 100 threes. He broke Bradley Bill's record of, you know, making 103, over 100 threes in a season for, for the franchise, for the for the Washington Wizards. So, and I, I do want to get to some quotes from Chris uh, Porzingis just talking about Corey Kispert's play and, you know, what he thought about Corey Kispert. Um, but it's when, when Kristaps arrived there and then played a couple of games with Corey, with Corey Kispert, you know, Corey Kispert made a good impression on Chris Porzingis. So um, this is also from my guy, Joe Swam on Twitter. He tweeted that uh, since, uh, since March 30, since March 1st, Corey Kispert was 44 for 112 from the three-point line, which was 39%. So post-trade deadline, like I brought up earlier, he was 59 at 158, 37% from three. So, you know, he's going to be defined by his three-point percentage. That's just that's just the role on the specialist that that he is, and he's going to be defined by that. Uh, also, another stat, over his last 28 games, he averaged 11.8 points while shooting 38.2% from long range. So these are just some numbers and some metrics from his basically at most of the games after the uh, trade deadline. Also, each month, his field goal percentage got better. The month of October, he shot 33%. And then to April, he shot 52%. And he finished up 45% shooting from the field on the year. So each month, he got better. That's what you want to see from your rookies. Are they getting better? Are they improving? Are they showing that they're learning? You know, he showed that he was very coachable, that he, you know, he had a lot of versatility and that 
you know, whatever role Wes asked him to do, that's what he went out there and did it. He went out there and did it. Um, and he showed that he was very durable as well. So um, before we do get to some of Chris Asperzingas quotes about Corey Kisper giving him some praise, uh, we have a quick word from Built Bar. Actually, I'm sorry about Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Just want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen. Now make your second listen to Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so let's bring up some of these quotes from Chris Tapps, Prazingis, the unicorn. Um, So he says... I think Corey has gotten better since the moment I got here till now, says teammate Chris Esperzinga. This is from Chase Hughes on NBC Sports Washington. I think he's feeling more and more comfortable in certain situations. And when I got here, he was already a great shooter, great doing certain things, and has a strong body. Um, Also, Christoph says, quote, and also a great cutter. He's one of the best cutters I've seen, end quote. Quote, and now I think he's getting more comfortable with, with the ball and getting to the rim and getting some nice dunks and finishes around the rim. So, yeah, he's been great. And if he get, keeps getting better like this, he's going to have a great career. End quote. This is from KCP also talking about Corey Kisper's work ethic. Quote, he gets in the gym early, gets his shots early. He stays out late and gets shots. He's already ready and prepared. Just seeing him have fun and knock down shots like that with no hesitation was great. Every game he gets better. End quote. So, I mean, Corey Kispert, he's out there working. You know, he talked about him and uh, Anthony Gill is is his uh, practice partner. And, you know, he, he praised Anthony Gill about how much he works. So he learned how to get, um, you know, get in the gym, get in there early and work out, you know, get shots up all the time. Um, also, this is a uh, quote from Corey Kispert as from himself, you know, talking about his season. He said, that the cha- quote, the challenge was not to get frustrated, sh- frustrated, we had ebbs and flows just like every other team did, but I was kind of surprised that as a group, and including myself, we weren't all that consistent from behind the arc. We definitely should have been. Now, the Wizards were bottom 10 or three-point percentage. Uh, I want to say they were dead last and three-pointers made in the league. So um, they were just abysmal from the three-point line. That's something that they definitely, as a whole, as a roster, they need to improve on. Uh, Corey Kisper also said that he plans to work on his mobility and flexibility this offseason. He may not play for the Wizards Summer League team, according to Tommy Shepard, but is expected to be part of their pre-Vegas camp. Personally, I would like to see him play in the in the Summer League, but, you know, if he does not, it, I'm not really, you know, torn up about it. I do like seeing young guys play in the Summer League. Like, I, I want to see Denny play in the Summer League, but I know he's playing over in Israel, you know, playing FIBA basketball. 
But um, I, I want to see Corey Kisser play a few games. But sometimes for him, it might not really help him because, like we talked about last summer league, he just needs a guy that's going to be able to set him up and get him easy baskets and easy shots and create open you know, open threes and open catch-and-shoot opportunities. That's where Corey Kisper's at his best. That's where shooters are at his best. Um, as far as things that I do want to see him improve on is, of course, defensively. You know, he, he's, he's not known as a lockdown defender, but I think he's capable of being a positive defender. I think he's doing, I think he's capable of being a positive defender. And I want to see the three point percentage go up. It's 35%, which is okay. But if, you know, if he's going to be a three point specialist, if that's going to be his calling card, he's going to have to shoot better than 35%. He's going to have to get up to at least 39 or 40% on the year as well. I want to see the free throw percentage get up to 90. And I want to see the field goal percentage get up to 50. I want to see him be a 50, 40, 90 guy. And I think he's certainly capable of doing that. Um, of course, you know, just getting stronger. Um, I think he's already there athletically. I think he's more athletic than your, you know, your typical, um, you know, catch and shoot three pointer, three point specialist. You know, you look at, you know, Doug McDermott or Reggie Bullock and, um, you know, Davies Bertans or um, to name a few, you know, Duncan Robinson. Those are just the guys that, you know, that, you know, are three point specialists, you know, Brent Forbes from the Bucks. Those are guys that are three point specialists. And, you know, out of those guys, he's the most at, he's the most athletic out of that group, in my opinion, you know, he's, he's a guy that can potentially get paid a lot of money in a couple of years when that contract comes up, you know, three point shooters are getting paid more and more. Duncan Robinson got a nice contract. Davies Breton's got a nice contract. Um, who else is a shooter out there? Reggie Bullock got more, got more than the mid-level exception. So in a couple of years, he's going to have to get paid. He's probably going to get paid around, you know, if he, the trajectory, if he can get into 40% three point shooting on the season, then he certainly will get paid. You know, Joe Harris got a nice contract as well recently. So shooters are getting paid more and more and more. So I think he can definitely do that. Um, the game, some games that stood out to me was the six threes that he hit against the Warriors where he had 26 points. Um, that's a game that's showing me, you know, potentially that he's capable of doing that. You know, he's, he can have a game where he hits, you know, seven threes in one game. That's what I'm going to see next year for uh, from him too. The last game of the season against the Hornets, he went four for eight from the three-point line. He had four threes. Um, there was another game where he hit five threes against the Los Angeles Lakers where we lost. Um, he had six threes against Brooklyn. Six, I'm sorry, not six, but he hit four threes against Brooklyn. Um, and then Sacramento, he had four threes as well. So he had multiple games where he had three or more threes as well. So that's that's a telling sign for me. So I feel like, you know, there's a game where he can definitely get hot and knock down at least five or, you know, six or seven threes and maybe set a, set a franchise record for the Wizards as well. Um, but, yeah, in – you just know how valuable shooters are. He can really help the roster out, help the, the team with spacing as well. Um, if he can knock down that three. So I like what I saw. Of him. So my homework from him for him is of course, knock down more shots, you know, pretty self-explanatory, pretty easy, but I do want to see him cut more and move more without the ball. He said that numerous times as well. He, he, he wants to cut just like Duncan Robinson. He just wants to continuously move, continuously move, you know, so he's got to get in shape. Um, conditioning is going to be um, very, very important for him. Um, of course, cutting. He's a great off-ball cutter. He's the best. I think he's the best off-ball off-ball cutter on the roster. Finishing around the rim is is a is a skill, and I think he does a really good job of that. I think he has a nice float game. He has a nice touch around the rim, and he can finish above the rim from time to time. And and I thought he had a couple nice blocks as well. Some some I thought he had some nice blocks as well that where he came out of nowhere. So I was impressed with Corey Kispert. Of course, that first half of the year was a little underwhelming, some inconsistency here, 
There are a couple of games where you, you you look at the game log where he'll hit a couple threes. Like he hit six threes against the Golden State. The Bulls the next game he's one for seven. Orlando he's two for seven from the three point line. Then Dallas he's one for four from the three point line. Boston he's one for three from the three point line. Then the Timberwolves he goes three for six. Atlanta he goes two for seven. So it's just a lot of inconsistency. You know I I was like you know the Warriors game he has six threes. And then, you know, he hits one, two, three. So, and then the two games before that, Detroit-Milwaukee hit one, three in both games. He was one for five against the Detroit Pistons and then one for five against Milwaukee. So, two games in a row, he hit only one, three, and then he explodes for a six, three. So, just a, some more consistency from the three-point line. That's what I want to see. But, like I said, he was a rookie. And is he going to make all second-team rookie? Is he going to make first team? I think they – I want to say they already announced the first team. Actually, I don't think they have. But um, can he make second-team all-rookie? Is he going to be voted for that? I think he. I think you can argue it. I think you can certainly argue it, but I don't think he will make it. I think you can argue it, though. Um, so I do want to finish up with the mock trade here. We're going to review that, and then somebody on Twitter, I do want to shout out here, um, Tobiyashi067 uh, talked about his roster. I'll quickly go over his roster real quick. If not in this episode, then possibly the next episode. I'll do that. But before we do get to that, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the yes, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now possible to, for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating question like is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer. Choosing the only brand that warehouse happens to carry, you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, so I'm going to go over this mock trade very quickly. And if I had to get Corey Kispert a grade, I'd give him about a B-plus or a B-minus. Um, just the first part of the year, which, you know, he might have had some rookie jitters out there. He did look like he was just thinking too much, where he had the up and down, you know, um, getting blocked on a three-pointer, just threes being short, threes kind of hit clanking off the side of the room. I just thought he was a little nervous out there. He had some nerves. And just had to get used to the NBA speed of the game and guys closing out guys. You know, it's not the WCC, you know, it's the NBA. So it is a difference. No knock on that conference, but it's just a different speed, different athleticism than what you see, of course, in college, what you see in the WCC. So you see guys like, um, you know, long defenders, like trying to think of some guys out there that are just crazy athletes, you know, maybe. Gary Payton Jr., you see Giannis flying out at you like that, or Jimmy Butler flying out at you, flying out at you. Other guys um, that are just super, super athletic defenders that are 
you know, LeBron James is flying at you or Kevin Durant is flying at you, closing out, you know, um, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, those guys that are, you know, doing well in the playoffs are flying at you. So it's just different. He had to get used to that. I thought he did a, a better job adjusting towards the end of the year. All right, let's get to the mock trade. So like I said, I give him a B plus, B minus. Um, this one is from Bleacher Report. This one is for eight point guards from Malcolm Brogdon, Malcolm Brogdon. Um, so this is this trade is not bad in my opinion. So the Pacers receive either Kyle Kuzma or KCP and Rui Hachimura. Um, and the Washington Wizards get Malcolm Brogdon. Now, the article says history suggests that the Pacers aren't gearing up for a long renovation project and that they'll use their top seven pick um, on the margins and see where a core headline by Malcolm Brogdon, Tyrese Halliburton, Miles Turner, Buddy Hill, Chris Duarte. Maybe T.J. Warren and a high lottery prospect can take them. Mark Stein's uh, Mark Stein reported that you know that they, that he's going to be available. Um, let's see here. That precludes the Pacers from expecting the world to go. So Michael Barden, you know, he's beginning a three-year, sixty-seven million dollar extension in twenty-two and twenty-twenty-three, and is hardly a billboard for durability. Yes, he has missed a lot of games. He has missed one hundred forty games over the past half decade, and an average of twenty-eight games per year. Watch now this transitions to Washington side of the trade. Washington may not be too enamored with Malcolm Brogdon. It already has one perpetual injury risk in Chris Porzingis, but Brogdon is a much cleaner fit beside Bradley Bill than Russell Westbrook or Spencer Dinwiddie ever was. And so long as the Wizards plan to keep their star in town, they're obligated to prior, prioritize the present. Giving up Rui and one of Kuzma or KCP isn't nothing. But Hachimura remains a project even after improving his three-point percentage. He still takes too many mid-rangers and isn't consistently felt on defense. The sophomore emergence of Danny Avdia, meanwhile, softens the blow of losing Kuzma or KCP. So this I agree with trying to get a point guard upgrade in Malcolm Brogdon. Is he a straight-up point guard? No, he's not. He's more of a combo guard, but he's definitely capable of initiating offense and setting guys up for easy baskets. He's averaged seven assists per game multiple times. He's shot in 40% off percent uh from the three-point line before he shot 90 he had a 50 40 90 season he can shoot the three he's somewhat of a bulldog on the defensive end with the bucks he was a go-to defensive guy um was rookie of the year um all rookie team his rookie season like i said he was a good defender on the bucks he saw he's been a solid defender on the pacers as well the injuries are a big concern for malcolm Brogdon, but i do feel like he would be a solid fit next to bradley bill he's just strong he's built he gets to the rim so easily he can overpower uh, guards or smaller guards because he can get downhill and just body and bully some guards. Um, he's just got that big frame. He's strong. He's had good basketball IQ. He was coached by Tony Bennett at UVA as well. Um, so I just have a lot of good things to say about my, Malcolm Brogdon. Is he the answer? We don't know. Is he the best point guard available? He's one of the top point guards that will be available this summer. Um, the contract, in my opinion, is not bad as everybody says it is. We just paid Dinwiddie three years, $60 million. So $22 million from Malcolm Brogdon really is not breaking the bank, in my opinion. Only thing is that you do have to match salaries since the Wizards are over the salary cap. So you probably have to do a KCP, like the article said, or a Rui. KCP is making $13.5 million. Kyle Kuzma is making about $13.5 million. So you still don't really technically match the salaries with, with KCP and Rui. But at the same time, you don't give up a first-round pick in the trade, which is what I do like. I don't. I would like to stay away from trading Rui, but if it is to bring in an upgrade at the point guard position, then it takes two to tango. You have to give up something to get something. Um, you know, scared money doesn't make any money, so you're just going to have to give up something to bring something in to help, um, you know, the Wizards to – the Wizards need a point guard. 
that's just what it is. They need a point guard really bad. And Brogdon is a guy that can initiate the offense. They Tommy wants a pass first guy. West wants a pass first guy. They want a guy who's a solid defender at the point of attack. And I think Malcolm Brogdon does check the boxes on that. And he can space the floor. And he can put pressure on the defense and score. Um, not giving up Denny softens the blow. I think that's a I think that's a fine statement. Yes, you do keep Denny. You do you do keep Corey. You still have Kuz. Um, you give up KCP and, and, and Rui. Now you need to have you need to find another three and D defender. But I think that trade is fine. It's, it's not a bad. Like I said, you don't give up picks. You you only give up KCP and Rui. So that's and you still keep Kuz. So you have a certain five of Malcolm Brogdon, Bradley Bill, uh, Kuz probably at the four, Porzingis at the five. Now this is where you need to find a three. Either you draft a guy who you think a rookie who you think can come in and start. If Benedict Matherin is available, then yes, I possibly would have him start at that three position at the small four position. He is six sit. He's six six, kind of six seven. He's more of a two guard really, but I think he's capable of being a three. In the NBA, just off the athleticism, the versatility, you know, he can just knock down a three. He's good off catch and shoot as well. Um, but I think I'm going to talk about the roster in the next episode. Toby Yashi, 067. I'm, I'm going to talk about his roster in the next episode and just break down. But I think that trade, I give that trade about a B as well. I'm kind of just in giving it a B grade mood. But I, like I said, I think the beneficial part is that you don't give up a pick. You don't give up your first round pick. So you still have your first round pick that you can use. And you have a guy like a Benedict Matherin or a Johnny Davis or a Shaden Sharp if he drops to pick nine or ten. Or if you get lucky, you might get a top five pick. You just don't know. And you don't want to give up a first round pick and guys from Malcolm Brogdon. So I have no problem with this trade. You guys let me know what you guys think in the comments. And let me know what you think about Corey Kispert's season as well. But I just want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NBA from the first jump ball of the playing tournament to the last possession of the finals. Locked On experts take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis affecting all 30 teams. Hail to the Wizards. Make sure you guys subscribe and hit the notification bell. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.